Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the podcast. This is the third week of our But First series. And so far it's been pretty sweet. Um, at least I think it has been. I've been learning. So, bummer. If you haven't, uh, your fault. <laughs> Just kidding. Or I'm a terrible communicator. That could be it, too. I hope I'm not. Try not to be. But regardless, I'm going to do another podcast. So uh, a couple announcements. Um, yeah, we're in this but first series. This is the third week that we're doing it. Um, I'm recording this on a Saturday uh, afternoon. Um, haven't felt very good all week, so I've been kind of just dragging. And now uh, I'm just going to record this because I don't want to be behind um, because we're having another meeting tonight and for this month of august we're going to be back at the martin's house my mom and dad's house and we're going to be in the basement um so millennial kinda but we're having church down there you know i'm not living down there anyways probably just insulted some of you don't care uh but we're having church down in the basement at my parents house the address is 6034 South Andes, spelt like A-N-D-E-S, Court. It's in Aurora, Colorado, and the zip code is 80016. Again, 6034 South Andes, spelt weird, Court, Aurora, Colorado, 80016. Cool. Um, and hey, I'll say this, I haven't said this in a while, I don't think, but if I have, again, don't care, um, but, uh, you know, this isn't free, <laughs> uh, and we're trying to get this house, um, as soon as we can, um, and it'd be really cool if we could do it by the beginning of the school year, um, or shortly thereafter, uh, so we're not just like, hey, it's school's ending <laughs> or anything like that we want to get this up and running um just as school is getting up and running so hey it's not free um we are very close but we need your help um and even if it's 20 bucks a month you know 20 bucks a month keeps this podcast going um because it costs 20 bucks a month and we want to give you guys material um if you can't make it and if you know, here's a little fun stat for you. For a 28 month, or 28, sorry, 28 day month, if you put aside $5 a day, it's $140. That's a pretty good chunk of change if you think of it that way. But $5 a day is not that much, you know? Um, so, hey, if, uh, if that resonates with you, I would love for you to join us in this um, in this movement that we're starting of reaching friends, re-energizing believers, and renovating our culture. Hey, if you're not happy with where our culture's at, get involved with us because we're not either, and we're pushing it um, to um, a different place and a place that God wants it to be, and that's all we're doing. So enough of the announcements, but come check us out on uh, a Sunday night or a, sorry a Saturday night um, because it's fun to be in person. You know?
and go to our website to donate. Go to our website to learn more of what we're doing. And yeah, this week, well, before we do that, a little recap of last week. It was called Follow Me Part 1. Okay, it was all about counting the cost, um, about what lordship actually means of putting, putting God on the top of your list. It means shouldering your cross daily. And what are we willing to give up to engage in a deeper surrender to God? Okay, little recap. Uh, if you want more, go listen to it. It's called Follow Me, Part 1. This week is not titled Follow Me, Part 2, as you can see. And it's probably going to make it very confusing on the podcast, but whatever. It's coming soon, but it's not this podcast. This podcast is going to be, um, I would say, called Simplify or Like a Child or whatever. We'll see what I end up naming it. But we're going to go after this concept of childlike faith and what that actually means. So often when we when we're a child, we were just really gullible. And we believe in things like Santa and the Tooth Fairy and the Easter Bunny and Monsters Under Your Bed and that kind of stuff. And sorry if I just ruined somebody's entire childhood. Um, But one of the ones my mom always told me was uh, my mom was a criminal justice major. And it made it very hard for me to lie myself out of situations. Uh, Because she could read us very well. Because essentially she was trained that way. Um, And my mom always told me and my siblings that she knew all the cops in Colorado. So she would find out if we were doing something wrong, you know. And that was terrifying to us. And it was uh, her being controlling. And it worked. Because she gave us the impression that she would know where we were, what we were doing, at all times. That's terrifying. Um, so that was a lie that I believed. And another lie that I believed was my grandpa told me that earwigs would crawl into my ear and then eat my brain and lay eggs on my brain where they ate to make room for their eggs. Yeah, messed up. Not cool. But we just believe everything. That's what it was like to be a child, you know? We just believed everything we heard because we didn't know any better. The innocence of a child was a hilarious thing. And my buddy my buddy has a kid, and she, I can't wait till she gets to the point where she just believes everything that we say, especially some of the things that he's going to come up with. It's just going to be hilarious. And I, I'm trying to make a list already of just crazy things that I can tell her because she's going to believe me. Yeah, is it mean? Definitely. But... Maybe she can use it in a podcast when she's 24 someday and reach people, okay? So the thing I'm going to try to get across this in this podcast and this week is the difference between childish and childlike, okay? Kind of defining these two words is childish means like arguing over petty things, temper tantrums, believing everything you hear, ignorant, gullible, and stupid choices, right? Where childlike has more of a sincerity to it. Uh, It's humble. It's a sincere heart. It's having faith and belief, 
backed by knowledge and action, not just making stupid choices, but having them backed by knowledge and experience almost. Um, childlike is taking a risk and weighing the risk. Childlike is weighing the good and the bad and then acting on it. As we grow up, we just believe everything everyone says, just like I believe my grandpa. And it still messed with me, you know? I see an earwig and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, this is it. This is my life. I'm over. Tonight we're going to go through a story where the disciples, um, the disciples ask, or sorry, the disciples um, ask who is the greatest in the kingdom. And I want to kind of look through, I think, two accounts of this. Um, both of them are in um, Matthew and Mark. And they replay the same story, the same, but very differently. So we're going to go through the Matthew story first. And this one's not going to take as much time as the Mark story. But bear with me. So uh, Matthew 18, verses 1 through 5 reads, At that time the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him, and calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them, and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever ca causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a millstone fastened around his neck and be drowned in the depth of the sea. So we can see that the at the beginning of this little five-verse chunk, this passage, if you will, we see the disciples are pretty full of themselves. They're pretty puffed up. And frankly, I don't believe I don't blame them. You know, we're 18 chapters in of all of these miracles that they've done. They have an ego, and I don't blame them at all. They were part of Jesus and the boys, man. You know, Jesus and the boys. I'd have an ego too. It's kind of like being Justin Timberlake in the. Oh, geez, which one was he in? In sync, yeah. It's kind of like being Justin Timberlake in In Sync. He was part of the boys. Everyone was talking about him, you know, popular. It's kind of the same, uh, kind of, it's a reach, but it's kind of the same way back then. Jesus and the boys was um, In Sync or Backstreet Boys, you know? Everybody was talking about them, um, they were popular. Um, Jesus and the boys were healing and working miracles. They were friends with Jesus, and they were proud of it. They asked Jesus who's the best, right? And it's self-centered, you know? They were acting childish, right? Arguing about who's best. And uh, immediately, my mind goes to the emperor's no new groove of, like, when the two, the brother and sister are in the bunk beds, and they're going... Yeah, nah, yeah, nah, back and forth. I envision that same kind of thing that's happening with the disciples. Uh, probably not very accurate, but hey, that's what's going on in my brain. And um, they're going back and forth saying, oh, no, I'm the greatest. No, I'm the greatest, man. No, ah, 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 kind of thing. There's my phone. Nice. This podcast will never be clean and just like smooth at all. It never will be, and I'm okay with it. 
So they were arguing, acting very childish. Then they have the pride and the nerve to ask Jesus, and Jesus humbles them immediately. And he says, be like a child. Be childlike. You see, the disciples got so consumed in the organization and logistics and the organization of the ministry that they lost sight of the ministry's divine purpose. Okay? Instead of seeking a post of service to the people, they searched for positions and titles and advancement in what they turned into a business. We see this a lot in churches today where, oh, youth pastors aren't even really considered youth pastors anymore. Wait until they get to be a real pastor when they're the lead pastor or the senior pastor of a church. That's bullcrap, okay? God calls individuals to certain spots, okay? Yeah? Good. When you are doing the Lord's work, it is easy to get sucked into, hey, give me honor. It's easy to get sucked into that mentality. But when that happens, we lose our eternal perspective, which turns to promotions or status. Following Jesus is not a business. Following Jesus is a ministry. When Jesus says, be like a child, he essentially means, um, ah, geez. when Jesus says, be like a child, be childlike, he means lose your status. Okay? How many 12-year-old CEOs do you know? And not like CEO of their lemonade stand, which is adorable, right? They have little business cards of a lemonade that they drew up and they put CEO or owner. That is so cute. But how many, hey, is there a 12-year-old CEO at IBM? No. How about Apple? No. Maybe United. <laughs> uh, that's so funny. <laughs> Oh, that's so bad. Because they just keep on kicking people off of planes. <laughs> All right, back on track, back on track. When Jesus says, be like a child, it says, lose your status. There's not 12-year-old CEOs out there. You know, lose your social status. He also means lose your pride. Kids don't have a lot of pride. They dress up as superheroes, they sing and dance all the time, they talk to themselves, and they make explosion noises with their mouths. That's not pride, that's weird, okay? That's not prideful. He also means lose your independence. This is a hard one for people to understand. This is a hard one for adults to buy into because they're adults, right? They're independent, right? Kids rely on their parents completely right food fruit snacks capri sun toys that kind of stuff lose your independence depend on jesus more depend on god yes that's what he means lose your independence last one is lose your influence how much influence does a kid have zero because they're a kid right Kids are looked down upon. But Jesus says, be childlike in your walk with me. 1 Timothy 4.12 says, let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech and conduct in love in faith in purity. 
There's no junior Holy Spirit. There's no junior God. There's no children's ministry in heaven. (laughs) Children have a different faith than we do because they believe. You know, they truly believe. Just like I believe that earwigs eat my brain, kids believe that God can do anything and everything that he wants because they don't have preconceived notions and they aren't all jacked up as adults are. Right? Adults put everything in boxes, right? Or let me put it in the the 21st century terms. We, as adults, put everything into a category on our iPhones. And if... If it doesn't, if it's not in the music category or grouping in our iPhone, then it doesn't play music, right? We do the same thing with our God. Say, oh, I can only wrap my head around this, so that's the only way my God works. <laughs> when really, hey, He's God, okay? He's God. He's God. He can do whatever He wants. Okay. So don't put God in a box. Yes, use discernment, but don't put God in a box. Use discernment with other people <laughs> and the and the thoughts in your head, but he's God, okay? Cool. There's Matthew's account of this story, and I said it was going to be short, which it kind of was. This is going to be a longer podcast, okay? It's going to be a longer one because i got a lot to cover. So now we're going to look at Mark's account. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Mark, chapter 9. Okay? And you'll see that they're very similar, but very different. Okay? Because Mark Mark adds accounts more to his... um, I don't know what the word is, but you get what I'm saying. If you don't, you will. So Mark, chapter 9, verses 33 through 37, reads... And they came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, the disciples, what were you discussing on the way? But they kept silent, for on the way they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. And he sat down and called the twelve and said to them, If anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. And he took a child and put him in the midst of them, and taking him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever receives one ch- one such child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. Okay, so same story, same stuff applies. Pride, self-work, self sorry, self-worth, ego, and the concept of be like the child. But the different portion is the ton- tongue-tied verse verses really in here and the one that i want to focus on first is uh verse 35 he jesus says and he sat down the 12 and jesus said to them if anyone would be first he must be last and servant of all okay confusing right if anyone would be first he must be last and servant of all okay let's break it down if anyone would be first in the kingdom must be last and servant of all. So, is Jesus saying work your butt off into heaven and serve, 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 serve? Kinda. But, it's not works-based, and that's not, he's not talking about how to get to heaven. 
okay? He's kind of saying, hey, work your butt off for heaven, but he's not saying to work your butt off so you can get to heaven. Do it for heaven, not to get to heaven. Let me take it a step further. Think of it this way. You are the first to become a Christian in your friend group. So, in your eternal lens, you are first. Or in the, in the internal lens, right? Looking into heaven, hey, you have a seat in heaven, officially. Okay? You've accepted Jesus on earth. So, you're first. Yippee. But, you have to be last. Let's go to Matthew 20. And sorry. This is all going to bring it home. This is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful message. Matthew chapter 20. Oh, I have it in here. It says, Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 6 reads, and it's a uh, 16 rather, not 6. Um, For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And going about and going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And said to and said and and gee whiz, and them he said, You go to the vineyard too, and what is right I will give you. So they went, and going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing. And he said to them, Why are you standing here idle all day? And they said to him, Because no one has hired us. And he said, Go into the vineyard too. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. Okay? And when those hired, about the eleventh hour came, each received a denarius. Now when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving if and on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last worked only for an hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have bore the burden of the day in the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I give to the last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first, and the first last. So very interesting, right? It's kind of a tongue-tying message, and that's why I struggled so much reading through it. But this entire thing starts off in verse 1, and it says, The kingdom of heaven is like. And if we take back to what we're originally talking about, the disciples are arguing about who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So I'm going to try to direct through this properly and efficiently. So let's let's look at this. Let's recap what we just read in Matthew 20. The owner goes out and gets workers to agree to a wage and they work for their entire day. Okay? I, that sounds like 12 hours. Um, 
owner goes and gets more workers and more workers and more workers and more workers okay he's got a lot of workers in the vineyard all lined up at different amounts of time one work a couple of them work 12 hours a couple of them work seven hours a couple of them work three a couple worked one okay so the guy who got paid 12 who worked 12 hours got paid the same as everybody else even the guy who worked one hour they all got paid the same so right off the bat i would be upset you know okay i work in a labor industry i'm a house painter okay if i was working for 12 days and a guy who showed up <laughs> for the last hour gets paid the same i do and i've been uh, sweating in the heat all day, I'm going to be really upset. This is what the kingdom of heaven is like. No matter what we get, no matter what we get, the same greatness and the same heaven experience is given to us. Let me take it a step further. The person who was working all day got the same pay or reward as the person who worked for an hour. Think of it this way. The person who has been a Christian their whole life will get the same reward as the person who accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior right before they die. Okay, think of it this way. The person who has been working hard for the gospel and populating heaven for years and years and years will get the same reward as the person who brought one person to Jesus. My first thought when I was studying through this, of like, okay, what's the point? Why be a Christian my whole life then? If I'm first, I'm still last, then what's the point? I'm on my deathbed and I can say, Jesus, you're my Lord and Savior. I can mean it with all my heart and I'm going to get heaven still. Or I could be a, I could be um, a five-year-old who never loses sight of what Jesus is, who Jesus is and what he's doing, and they're going to get the same reward as the person who dies when they're 80 or 90 and just decided, hey, I believe in Jesus now. So what's the point? Why be a Christian my whole life? Here's the conclusion I came to. I don't want to be in heaven alone. I would rather work and work and work so that my friends and others are with me in heaven. Right? And guess what? Christianity isn't technically for you. Christianity is for God. Our faith walk is for God. You know why? Because he deserves glory. He's worthy of that. Oh, and I just, I was reminded that Jesus came back to earth. After he died and rose again, he came back and said, Hey God, hold on, I gotta go tell these guys one more thing. Now he came back to earth and, and said, Proclaim the gospel to everybody. So, it's part of our command, Okay. So I'm not saying, hey, let's dog this entire Christianity thing, and then when we're all dying, uh, let's all just say, hey, Jesus, I believe in you. I'm not saying that at all, and that's complete heresy, okay? That's stupid, that's foolish, that's dumb, that's like a cult almost. 
what I am saying is it's okay to question, you know? It's okay to be like, ah, what the heck? This is weird. And then always go back to, okay, what 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 am I supposed to be doing? And whenever you have those questions, the answer is always because God deserves the glory. It's almost as if this passage says, when he says, um, if you're first, you must be last because you're pushing others into heaven. It's almost if you're first, you're last because you may have to fight and fight and fight for other people in front of you to get a breakthrough. We have to be able to celebrate someone else's breakthrough as the person as the person before you celebrated your ber- breakthrough in Jesus' name, correct? I hope this makes sense. It's a lot to handle on. You might have to listen to this a couple times to really truly grasp what this actually means. Okay? We're called... Jesus came to earth to, to serve, not to be served, right? So if we as Christians... Little Christians, which Christians translates into for some, it's kind of weird, but whatever. As we are supposed to be like Christ, then we better serve the people around us. We have to be pushing people into heaven, right? Partnered with the Holy Spirit, okay? It's not just us doing all the work. Holy Spirit will do it too because God's will is for all of us to be in heaven with him and to, to reconnect relationship that's why jesus came to earth right good i'm glad you're on the same page um so it's almost that if we are first we're responsible for bringing all the other people that we come into contact in uh that we come into contact with to push them into heaven so with us being first we're ministering to a bunch of our friend group or a bunch of people and us being last we're last in line pushing everybody up the stairs into heaven. It's kind of a cool way to think of it. I want to close with this. Okay? Going back to Mark chapter 9, verse 37, it says, Whoever receives one one such child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. So let's kind of re... Nah, never mind. So if we are childlike and don't worry about status and promotion and rank and have a childlike faith, we receive not Jesus, but the Holy Spirit. Let's rewrite that verse and that it helps me to understand it a little better. So let's read it like this. Whoever receives one such child in Jesus' name receives Jesus. But who whoever receives Jesus receives not Jesus, but Holy Spirit who sent Jesus. So people ask me all the time, how, how do I know that I have the Holy Spirit living inside of me? And this answers it completely. If we are childlike and accept Jesus as our Savior and Lord, then we will receive the Holy Spirit who sent Jesus right? So let's simplify it up. Christianity is not an equation. It is be like a child and have the kind of trust and faith and get rid of your opinions and let the Lord download his thoughts to make your thoughts his thoughts.
okay? Maybe we'll call this simplify. You know, a child's mind is very simple because it hasn't been as corrupted as mine or anybody else's. So receive, receive Jesus, which in turn means receive the Holy Spirit. And that and and the partnership with Holy Spirit will make us childlike. Being willing to take risk in Jesus' name, being able to have another level of faith in Jesus' name, and going after everything that the Lord tells us to go after. Cool? If you have questions, reach out to us. Um, our contact on the is on the website or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and ask questions there. Um, doesn't have to be a secret. Okay? Uh, thanks for tuning in. I'll see, talk at you next week. Peace.